Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glory Room. I'm Prophetess Lou. Hope you all are having a blessed day. Before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for always being with us. Father God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. We ask you to help and guide us, Father God, and we will listen. Father God, we ask you as we partake in your word today, whether it's this devotional or your holy word, we ask you to convey to us what you want us to understand. Help us not just apply it to our day, just this, this day, but to every day. Father God, bless the ones that are hearing it and bless the ones that are, are, are reading it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, key verse today is 1 King 11, 11. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decree, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. Subject, tearing away from disobedience. Affirmation, I'm going to say it and pause behind each one to give you opportunity to say it if you like. I am listening. I am humbled. I'm compassionate. I'm following Jesus. Solomon was a king we all have learned about. He was the king who wanted wisdom over wealth, and God even still bestowed that on him. King Solomon was David's son, and he had more silver and gold than any king in the world. He also built the very first temple of God. This is what we know about him. He was an amazing king, coming from two people who had an awful start to their relationship and had him. He showed what we should do when we're choosing spiritual gifts over worldly things. But like some people, when we don't invest in time with God, we allow the world to change us. We, we become distant with God and consumed by our own pleasures. Verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. He married a woman from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord gives us commands. We must listen. Sometimes they are hard to do, but for the most part, we must heed God's, well, all the time. I'm sorry. All the time. Let me correct that now. All the time, we must heed God's instructions. Sorry. And one of the instructions God made very clear for him not to do was not to marry foreign women. King Solomon did the complete opposite. He married many, many women besides Pharaoh's daughter. What happens is we get to a place where we get so engulfed with our own ways that we give birth to sin. And when we give birth to sin, we give birth to death as well. Verse 2 and 3, the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your heart to their God. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of world birth and 300 concubines. In fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. The Lord tells him not to marry them because they will turn from him turn him from him and they will cause him to pursue their God. But with all the wisdom King Solomon had, he doesn't take heed. He does he doesn't, he, he disobeyed, he doesn't obey. He does exactly what he wanted. When we deliberately disobey God, there are consequences. We have to understand it is consequences for our actions. And a lot of times we should know this. When we're dealing with God, we think he should disregard everything we do because we have grace and mercy, but that's not what it means when we have grace and mercy. Just like children that dis needs discipline, we must discipline a child. Even though you have talked to him, regardless, he must be disciplined. That's just like us. When we disobey God, we must be disciplined. When we, we might not like it. We might even feel as though God doesn't love us. But he does. That's by, does that by showing his love. Just like disciplining a child, we must show our love by disciplining them when they are wrong. 
Verse 11. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decree, I will surely turn the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. This is the second time in the Old Testament king have had their kingdom torn from their hands because of the disobedience, their, because of their disobedience. God couldn't stand it no longer. He told them, I will give it to your servant. Can you imagine having a kingdom and getting it torn from your hands because of you're not listening to God? King Solomon couldn't listen and did what he wanted. We must understand disobedience is likened to witchcraft. And when we close our ears off to God, he will close his hand from us. And when, when this happened, growth will stop. Growing God is the most important thing we must do in our relationship. In our relationship, but if we refuse to do it and refuse to change, we are like the tree that produced no fruit. Matthew 7, 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. King Solomon had everything he ever wanted, but he still seen something he didn't have and he seeked it. That's the thing about having everything. You can have the world and still want something you shouldn't. Today, if God is speaking to you and he telling you this is going to kill the anointing I've given to you, or this is going to kill the calling I have over you. Stop. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't even think about it. Because when we choose him over the sin, he will always make sure we are confident. He will always make sure we have peace. We have to be able to say, I don't want what he said no to. I choose him. Obedience is something this world don't care about. The world would do whatever it wants. But we as children of God should always choose obedience. Prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the peace you have given us. We thank you for always giving us your word so that we may learn and grow. Father, if we have been disobedient in any way, please forgive us. Show us what we have done wrong and please help us to correct it. Lord, we need your need you each and every day. And we thank you for the wisdom and knowledge and allowing us to grow in you. Lord, please help us not to fall into sin, but to fall more into in love with you. Lord, we ask you to protect us from the seen and unseen. And please help us dwell in your presence more. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So today's subject is tearing away from disobedience. I'm going to give everyone a minute to get their Bible or a drink of water. Okay. So I always try to keep these podcasts from maybe 25 minutes. It might run over 26, but 25 minutes is max, maybe 15 minutes. I'm going to try to get it down to 15, but I always go based on what the Holy Spirit tells me to say. So we're going to start right off the top. King Solomon, he was the guy that chose wisdom over riches. God came to him and he said, what do you want? He said, I want to know everything. Paraphrasing. I want to know everything. And God said, okay, I give you that. And I'm going to give you wealth because you chose wisdom. King, I think Queen, um, what's her name? Queen, King, Queen of Sheba, she came to see him. Or killed Pat. No, Queen Sheba. She came and seen him. People from far and wide came and listened to him speak because he knew so much. He was so wise, and they never seen anyone like this. He was even the king that made that the that built the temple. God refused David to do it because David had killed so many people. He had so much blood on his hands. And so he allowed Solomon to do it. Solomon got all this best wood from all these different places. He had talked to different people. He had everything he wanted. He was the best king, you know, in everyone's opinion. But 
King Solomon, like all of us, have a weakness. And so let me explain to you about weakness. The thing is about weakness is that we all have one. We all have one. You might say you don't, but we all do. And maybe it's not a weakness to you. Maybe it's a particular sin that you you like and you're trying to stay away from. That is a weakness. To me, that is a weakness. But when you have these particular weakness, you must pray every day that you don't fall into it. Because every day the enemy is going to bring it to you. And sometimes he'll wait two and three weeks. You'll never want to indulge in that particular sin. Let's just say it's, it's marijuana. Your thing was marijuana. You're, you're not smoking anymore. You won't have a taste for marijuana. You're not going to want to smoke for marijuana for two weeks. You're doing good. Everything's great because you're reading your Bible. You're praying. You're fasting. So one morning you get up and you forget to pray. Next morning you forget to pray. Next morning you forget to pray. Next morning you forget to read the Bible. Then slowly you start tapering off from reading the Word, from praying. You, do, you get busy with life. Some people do it deliberately. Some people just get busy with life. We're not getting into the stipulations because this could take too much time. So anyway, you leave yourself open because you're no longer wearing the armor of God. You, you left some piece of the house, the breastplate of righteousness, your, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You forgot <clears throat> your feet, your shoes. <laughs> you forgot your shield. You start leaving things. You start forgetting things. You stop putting on your armor. So you leave yourself open. So when the enemy pulls his bow back with his fiery darts, he's able to make a connection because you're open. And then you expose yourself to weakness. So then you have this desire to smoke. You're like, oh man, why am I want to smoke so bad? This is so weird. I'm, I'm at a craving like this. And wow, because you're open. You're open. You're exposed. You allow the enemy to shoot an arrow and then land it. So now you're sitting there contemplating, should I smoke it? Should I not? Should I smoke it? Should I not? I really want to. So then you go and you smoke it. And you need peace in your life, so you're smoking it. You're getting high as a kite because you want peace. And not knowing that and not thinking, because the enemy have you so blind and deaf, that the reason why you're craving this and because you want peace, because you have lost your peace, because you no longer dwell, dwelling on God. You're no longer thinking about God. Your peace is gone because you are no longer connecting with God. So back to King Solomon, trying to make a point here. God told him, do not marry any foreign women. Do not. It was verse two and three. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel. You must not marry them because they would turn your heart from their God to their God. Yet Solomon insisted. He insisted so much that he had 300 concubines and 700 wives. So because he didn't listen, he deliberately disobeyed God. God came to him one night and he said, okay, you don't want to listen. I'm tearing the kingdom from your hands. I bet he was shook to his core to hear that his kingdom is taken from him over concubines and foreign women. And so God said, okay, I'm also going to give it to your servant. I'm not going to give it to none of these, these, these women, these children that you have had intimacy with. I'm giving it to, to your servant. See, what happens is, and this is, this is just an instance that we think, most Christians, most people, think because we have grace and mercy, we can do whatever we want. Paul says, no, you can't. The word says, no, you can't. 
Just because you have grace and mercy, that doesn't give you the stipulation to do what you want. I had someone one time, I had taught a a devotional. I sent it out and the person said to me, well, you know, we do have grace and mercy. Yes, we do have grace and mercy, but you do not wear it out. It's just like your brakes on your car. Just because you have brakes doesn't mean you should go super fast and rely on them to stop. They could possibly go out. We cannot use grace and mercy as a crutch of why we do what we do and we should get exempt. It's not an exemption. It is not an exemption to do what you want. It's for if you slip and fall, if you do what you 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 fall prey to doing, you'd say, hey, God, I'm, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Grace and mercy. Not the next day you go back and do it. Well, I have grace and mercy. Let me do it. No, grace and mercy is in place as a, it's almost like a catcher. It catches you. So you won't fall. And so you will always have eternal life when you confess and truly turn away from your sins. So let's look at another part. Discipline. God had to do that. He had to discipline him. He had to do this because if he didn't, it would be like he would just get away with it. It's almost like a child. Anyone has nieces and nephews or children, you know, if you don't discipline that child, that child will become spoiled. My dad used to say before he spanked me and my sister, he was like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm like, how? (laughs) I'm feeling it. You're not. (laughs) And he would say it. And I just be beside myself, like how? But as I grew older and I have nieces and nephews and I have to discipline them sometimes, it does hurt to discipline them. But I have to do it because if I don't, they won't know what to do. Even when my my sister, she gets on to my nieces and nephews, I'm like, oh, no, please don't let them go by. And she's like, no, they've been doing it. I have to get on them. And I somehow close my ears. I don't want to hear them get disciplined. But it's part of learning what to do and not to do. Because when you discipline a child, when you discipline, when we get disciplined from God, we learn now, oh, no, I, I can't do that. It's like touching a hot stove. You're only going to touch a hot stove once and you're going to learn, okay, I cannot touch the stove. It's hot. When my mom says not to touch, it's hot. Or when I, when God says not to touch something, not to do something, he means it because I've been disciplined and I know he means business. And a lot of times God had to pull out that card. I have to show you, I mean business. And that's what he had to do with King Solomon. He had to show him, I mean business. I mean business. I told you not to. I told you not to fall, not to fall in love with these women. I told you not to marry these women. I told you not to engage with these women, but you did it anyway. So now I have to be the bad guy and take away the kingdom of God. And I know it had to hurt God to take that away because it hurts some way he had to discipline us. He doesn't get any kind of enjoyment out of us being upset about losing or us being upset of not having things that we won't. Like he wants you to have that promotion, but you keep falling into sin. He wants you to have that house, but you keep falling into sin and not relying on him and relying on someone else. So things begin to close. Doors begin to shut. Growth begin to stop because we won't obey. And when he tells us, this is the second part, when he tells us not to do something and we continue to do it and we fall into disobedience, whether we know it or not, our growth in him stops. The anointing stops pouring. Our ears get closed off. Our eyes become blind. Our spiritual eyes become blind because we aren't listening 
How can God pour anything into us <clears throat> if we won't listen? Okay, another thing I want to go over before. <clears throat> yes, the anointing that some of us is carrying. The enemy is after us. He's after us and he knows our weakness. And when God tells us, don't do something, don't do it. I'm telling you, the anointing he had given you would dry up because it's not yours anyway. It's like a, it's like a loaner. It's like a lease. He's giving it to you for you to use. So people that walk around here and say, this is my anointing, my anointing, my anointing. No, this is God's anointing. And he can dry it up just like that if you're not obedient. Your growth in him can stop. You understanding wisdom and knowledge can stop. Because why is he going to make you grow more in, more in, in the spiritual things if you're not going to listen spiritually? It's, it's crazy. It's just, it won't work. It, it just won't. So we're going to pull out our Bibles. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 15 and 23. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel 15 and 23. I know y'all hear that page is flipping. I'm trying to get there. Okay. Now, this is on King Saul. This is the account on what happened to King Saul. Now, um, I like studying this particular lesson about King Saul. And the only reason I like it, because it happened so swiftly. And um, I like how the story went. And so this is one of my favorite stories. So First um, Samuel 15, 23, it says, uh, rebellion is sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness, as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. First Samuel 15, 23, NIB, for rebellion is a sin as divination and subordination is as iniquity and, and adultery. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from king. He said rebellion is sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness, as bad as worshiping idols. When we are stubborn, it's just as bad as worshiping an idol because we're not hearing God. We're not doing anything that we're supposed to do. When you obey, when you when you bow down to an idol, you're not listening to God. You're obeying and listening to this, this, this idol that you think is speaking to you and it's not. And it's just like stubbornness is just like that because you're not hearing him. You refuse to hear the word of God. When we are stubborn, we are refusing to hear God. We are saying, no, I don't care to hear what you say. Please go away. Stop. That's what you're saying. And you might say, oh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. No, it's not you kind of doing your own thing. It's you saying, I don't want to hear from you. You're not worth my time. That's what you're telling God. And that's a lot to say to God. But that's what we do when we are stubborn. It says, because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. When we reject him, he rejects something we won't. When we reject him, he rejects that house, that promotion, that growth, that, that, that calling. He rejects it because we have rejected him. We have to stop rejecting God. We have to. God is calling us to do things in our life, but we are declining the call. We are declining to listen. We are declining to pick it up and say, hey, I understand what you want me to do. I won't do it again. 
Yes, some sins are very hard to stop. That's why sometimes we need to get deliverance from those particular sins because they're not just sins that we're carrying, we're carrying a spirit. Now, that's not what all of us, some of us are just simply just disobeying because we just want to disobey. But you cannot carry the title as, you can carry the title as a Christian all you want, but you can't say with your mouth truthfully and honestly that you're a Christian or you're a follower of Christ if you're doing everything in the word wrong. You're doing everything opposite of the word of God. Okay? So let's look at our next verse. Our next verse is Proverbs 18 and 2. If you have your Bible, please go to Proverbs 18 and 2. It's right after Psalms. Go to Proverbs 18 and 2. Okay. Proverbs 18 and 2, NLT. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want the, to air their own opinion. NIV, Proverbs 18 and 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his opinion. Now, this is, comes down to listening. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. They refuse to. They don't want to listen. They don't want to understand. They this they seeing everything in their way. They don't care to see it in your way. They don't care what you're going through. They don't care. They just it's about me, 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 and me expressing what I want. And when we get into this headspace that it's all about us and nothing else, and we don't want to listen to other people's opinion, we get hard to talk to. And they were like, "Oh, why don't no one want to talk to me? Because you don't care to hear anyone's opinion about things." And the most opinion that we should take into account is God. What do God say about me? What do God, how do God view me? We talked about this a few weeks ago or a couple of days ago that we're inheritors, we're children of God. But when we're in disobedience, he sees us as disobedient childs and fools because we don't want to listen to his opinion about our life. Every day we should ask God to examine our life and heart. I can think of many things for us to pray over. <laughs> Many. Pray for a new mind. Pray for God to examine your heart. Pray for wisdom and knowledge. Pray for a discerning of spirit. These are things that we need to pray over all day. God, be a, 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 gate, a gatekeeper of my lips. God, give me self-control. These are things that we must pray over daily so that we won't fall into sin. And another thing that will keep us from falling into sin is reading our word, praying, meditating, fasting. These are things that we must do because the devil will come in swift. He will come in swift. But when we pray, when we read our word, when we study, when we connect with God, he will always be there to catch us. Okay. Let's look at our last verse, which is Psalms 81, 11 through 12. Psalms 81. If you have your Bibles right before Proverbs, don't do like me. I just flip all the way towards the beginning of, uh, of Psalms. Okay, in the NLT it says, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me, want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideals. NIV, Psalms 81, 11 through 12, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. It says here that, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideals, living according to their own ideals, their own ideals, your own ideals. So whatever you think is right, God will lead you to it. He's like, okay, you won't listen to me. He's going to pat you on the shoulder. Okay, Bob, I'm going to let you have this. I'm done. I'm going to let you go on to what you need to do. 
I still love you, but I'm going to let you go on because you're not listening to me. And that's what he did with the Israelites. He told them, he said, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around because that's what you make. That's what we make him feel like when we don't listen, that we don't want him around, that we don't want to be his friend, that we don't want his counsel. We don't, we don't want his comfort. We don't want his peace. We don't want his grace. We don't want his mercy. We don't want anything. We don't want anything. We just want to live our life and YOLO it, be us, do us, me too, do whatever. It's my life. Love, let love live. We, we do all these things because we have decided we don't want him around. That's what the world is now. The world wants to do what they want to do. People want to marry who they want to marry. People want to live any kind of manner way and sleep with whoever they want to sleep with and 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 and, and act any manner way and smoke and drink so they, they can't feel anything. And they want to continue in this pattern because they don't care. And because they don't care, it's because they're blind and deaf and the enemy has them. That's why we must pray for people's souls every day. I hope you all have a blessed day. And if you are being disobedient in any kind of way, ask God to help you not to be disobedient. Ask God to help you to stay on the right track. Ask God to help you to understand what he wants for you and what is his opinion of you and how can you change his opinion of you if it's an outlook that is not good. Remember, Jesus loved you. I love you too. Goodbye.